Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now, back to The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. You know, here in Canton, Ohio, in Stark County, we love hosting things. We love hosting the Hall of Fame. We love hosting all the things that go into football. This is the home of football, as far as the pros are concerned, as far as all the history and everything else. And no one does it better, we think, than Stark County, as far as hosting events. And there is... Stories going on. There is no contract signed yet for where what goes on in 2019 for the state high school cha- football championships. And uh, I wanted to bring in a guy that I, I absolutely admire, respect, uh, does an unbelievable job with uh, communications and setting up events and everything, Mr. Tim Street. And Tim, thank you for being with us today. Hey, my pleasure, Joe. Thanks for having me on in Canton today. It's always good to have you. And um, you used to be the director of communications. Now you're the director of information services. Did that change? It's amazing how well, that changes. I did have a change, and actually, you just had it just the opposite. I, I was director of information services for about eight years, and then uh, a couple years ago, the title and couple of the duties switched to uh, Director of Communications, Bingo. so that's my current title. I knew. I, 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 <laughs> I thought I had messed that up somehow, <laughs> but I, I appreciate it. And, Tim, I, I you know I always like to push, um, and, and you're great with it because you don't get upset. You, you go with it, and you kind of laugh at me, but I, 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 we're looking at the a story came out uh, about that Canton, Ohio, that Stark County may host the 2019 playoffs, uh, state championship games again. Are you ready to give me an exclusive? <laughs> Joe, I wish I could. Right. I wish I could. <laughs> no, we we are not ready to make any announcements yet. But, uh, yeah, I had a good chat with Joe Scalzo over at the Rep earlier this week. And, you know, folks in Canton and then Stark County certainly are buzzing with the the news that the, the football finals may come back to Canton as early as 2019, which is this fall. Um, and, you know, I, um, I, I think uh, we've, uh, we've said all along that the finals, we, we do think, will come back to Stark County. The only question is when. Um, you know, our, our former executive director, Dr. Dan Ross, his vision was a, a rotation where Stark County and uh, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium and the Hall of Fame and uh, Ohio Stadium in Columbus, home of the Buckeyes, w- would have a rotation system where uh, one site would host it for two years and then it would go back to the other site for two years and vice versa. And... Uh, you know, that kind of rotation still may happen. Um, but uh, as you just mentioned, and uh, as I was telling Joe earlier this week, we uh, 
do not have a signed contract for 2019 yet. Uh, there's no secret about that. And uh, we also know that we are hoping to have a decision here uh, in January as to where the 2019 finals will go. Who makes that decision, Tim? Yeah, well, it, it is voted on by our board of directors, um, mm-hmm. but it is it, they vote on the recommendation of our executive director, which lot relies on his staff. So, you know, it kind of it starts with our football administrator, Bo Rugg, uh, and his team, and then it goes up to our executive director, Jerry Snodgrass, and then Bo and Jerry then present their um, their information and their data and their recommendation to the board and then the board votes on it well you know and 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 this is this is common knowledge i believe that um jim trestle was a driving force behind columbus and from what i gather from what i've heard from everybody and i don't know maybe i'm wrong but jim trestle was really the driving force of getting the state championships in columbus on a rotating basis I don't believe, I I can't believe in my heart that Columbus really cares one way or another if they have a state championship games down there. That that they've got enough going on. They've got, you know, that's usually the Big Ten championship weekend, somewhere around there. There's enough going on in Columbus that it's not as special as it is in Stark County. Do people realize that? Well, I think uh, I would probably phrase it a little differently than that, and, and I'll, I'll do that. I guess the first thing I would say, though, Joe, is you're right that uh, Jim Trestle was the um, the ignition that started that whole uh, drive to bring the finals back to Columbus. And actually, that all happened back in 2008 when the uh, grass was removed from Ohio Stadium and they put in field turf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, that that's kind of what started the the initiative and then the columbus sports commission got on board with it and and actually columbus was not awarded the finals on their first attempt uh they stayed in stark county but then on their second attempt you know they they upped some things and and changed some things in their bid and and they got it um but you know as far as if if people in columbus care or not i wouldn't phrase it that way but i would agree with you that there there's a lot going on in columbus we have at that time of year you're right that it it is the same weekend as the big 10 championship game which ohio state is usually in Mm -hmm. and uh, anticipates playing in uh the blue jackets are also in full swing at that point and also ohio state men's and women's basketball and wrestling is also going on so there's a lot going on um what what i think uh i would add to that mix uh finally is the the thing that we have to think about is the the whole state and um you know facilities are a big part of what decides where our our state championships are but we also think about the rest of the state because you got to remember there's people that do drive uh we usually have at least one team from cincinnati that makes it up you know it's about a four and a half hour drive Mm -hmm. uh and you know from western ohio where we usually get a team or two so we we keep that in mind too. I think that's a part of the equation too. Okay, I, I get it. And and so you're looking at my birthday, January thirty first, as the announcement date to honor my birthday. Is that what you're saying? 
I'm going to note that in my calendar right here, Joe, that that is your birthday. <laughs> that is my brother's birthday, too, so maybe oh, great. it's a birthday present for both of you. Good. Um, well, you know, we actually, we have a board of directors meeting this coming week, okay. and there's a chance that something could happen then, but it doesn't necessarily have to happen at the board meeting. Uh, Jerry can also convene the board on a conference call at any point. So, And, and the other thing, too, is, we're not bound to make a decision in January. That's our goal, but okay. it doesn't necessarily have to. So it could be, you know, after this Thursday, our next board meeting um, is uh, February 14th. And so it could happen then, too. Okay. Well, Tim, I, I thank you, as always. I, I, you're, you're always available. You're always very honest. You're always direct. You, you put up with me. I appreciate you greatly. Uh, in all you do, and and I want to thank you for coming on today. I'm I'm going to ask you one question real quick, real mm-hmm. quick. Where are you leaning, Joe? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. Uh, you know, and I'm going to be completely honest yes. that I I honestly fall back with kind of what Doctor Ross was initially uh envisioning is a rotation because okay uh t- we we you know between tom benson hall of fame stadium and the hall of fame and and i gotta tell you i love being in stark county for four days for the football finals my family comes up they go through the hall of fame they love it uh it's it's special to be there and it's also special to be in the shoe where the buckeyes play uh you know kids love running out onto that field and and having uh, this huge stadium awaiting them so i really like it going back and forth between the two um, okay that that's my personal well that's that's uh, not that's not the right answer <laughs> well no tim thank you so much hey you have a wonderful saturday a wonderful weekend and as always thank you so much for being with me my pleasure joe thanks for having me on you take care tim Street. Uh, Director of Communications for the OHSA. I tried to pin him down. I tried to get him, and he kept getting away. (laughs) You used the birthday card. You tried everything. I know. know. It didn't work. He's slippery, that guy. (laughs) All right, when we come back, uh, I want to get into um, uh, Adrian Ellison. I want to talk about Adrian Ellison and his... Departure from Canton City Schools and a little personal note of my own. Stay tuned. The week that was will continue right after this. Don't sit this one out. Here's Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Get in the arena. Don't sit out. Don't be a bystander in life. You know, a person, uh, this week, one of the stories is Canton City School Board of Education approved the transition agreement with Superintendent Adrian Ellison, uh, essentially ending his term as Superintendent of Canton City Schools. The decision to separate uh, from the district was Allison's, uh, Adrian Ellison's choice. Um, As we, and this was Eric Resnick speaking, the Vice President of the Board, as we did not go to him and ask for a resignation, Earlier in the week, uh, Adrian Ellison spoke with Pam Cook on Canton's Morning News, and this is what he had to say. 
Well, this, of course, is a story that we brought to you first on Saturday afternoon, and uh, we've been talking about it pretty much ever since. But last night it became official. The uh, Canton City Schools and Adrian Allison have parted ways. Uh, the agreement, the transition agreement, signed and approved. And uh, now we have the opportunity to speak with the former superintendent. He is on our WHBC Newsline this morning. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning, Pam. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I don't even really know where to start with you this morning. Um, <laughs> well, let's start with this. I was listening to that uh, school cancellation thing, and I was thinking, oh, no, I don't have that anymore. So I don't have to get up at the crack of dawn and figure out whether the schools are closed um, due to the weather. Yeah, um, thanks. I do. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. And, uh, you know, and, and, and that... Um, you know, is one of the many uh, fun things that you get to do as a superintendent because uh, uh, the kids really enjoy uh, having snow days. So I'm definitely gonna miss uh, being able to tell the kids that I didn't get that I'm the one that calls off school. So, well, as we go through went through the process since Saturday afternoon, you know, we we learned that it was um, not a circumstance where the board fired you or asked you to resign or anything like that, but. Kind of take us through the process of how you got to this point. Well, I mean, um, you know, this first. Well, first, let, let me start with this, um, and I, I just think it's important that um, in this limited amount of time that I just thank um, the Canton community, your listeners, um, all the people who have um, really supported the students uh, in the Canton City School District. Um, uh, as you as you know, um, being a superintendent of a uh, school district like ours is a heavy lift, and it takes a lot of people uh, to help lift and believe in kids and try to provide the best opportunities for them. And there are many listeners um, that are uh, on that listening today and community members who have really done um, a great job of trying to, to help kids and trying to believe in them, and so I thank them for that. And I thank them for their support. So, you know, the reality of it is, Pam, is that, um, you know, I was coming to an end of a, of a, of a contract. And, um, you know, at some point, uh, you have to make a decision. Uh, parties have to make a decision as to what's, what's next. And so, you know, the board and I, uh, we just reached a mutual decision that um, it's time for uh, me to move on and them to move on and and i certainly don't have any um uh regret in my heart uh we we did uh great things i believe um there's a lot of work to be done a lot of challenges ahead but what we tried to do was make it better for kids and 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 i'm really proud of the teachers and the staff and the principals and my senior team for all the hard work they did let me say this um whether you're opposed to adrian or whether you were on board with him. Whether you agreed or disagreed with his leadership, there is no one who can disagree with his integrity and his unselfish service to this community and its children. Adrian and his wife, Krista, are two of the most genuine, authentic, and real people I have come to know. Their real purpose was only one thing. Only one thing. The passionate service to the young people of this community. 
Adrian Allison didn't need this job, as he is an attorney who over the years has turned down lucrative offers from law firms in order to serve. As a young attorney, he chose to work in the attorney general's office in in education rather than take one of the offers with a firm. He and Krista then chose to come to come home to affect change in a struggling school district, and they did. We can always agree or disagree on things of this nature, but the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. And Adrian chose to be in this arena chose you can judge his tenure if you so choose but you cannot nor should you not judge the man and you cannot judge his motives or character because he has had only one mission and never wavered from it our kids I wish Adrian Allison Krista and their family Nothing but the best going forward. He has earned that. My best to you, Adrian Allison. And now, here's Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. We want people coming in to our country based on merit and based on the fact that they are going to love our country and they respect our people in our country. For decades, open borders have allowed drugs and gangs to pour into our most vulnerable communities. Most tragically, they have caused the loss of many innocent lives. We are a nation of immigrants, and we should all be proud of it. But we're also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws. Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before. Families who enter our country the right way and play by the rules watch others flout the rules. People who enter the United States without our permission are illegal aliens, and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who entered the U.S. legally. And because we live in an age where terrorists are challenging our borders, we cannot allow people to pour into the U.S. undetected, undocumented, and unchecked. We've got to do several things, and I am, you know, adamantly against illegal immigrants. Certainly, we've got to do more at our borders, and people have to stop employing illegal immigrants. We're working to make sure that we have sufficient facilities to detain, house, and process them appropriately. And it is unlikely that their children will be able to stay. And I've asked parents across Central America not to put their children in harm's way. The president's decision to end DACA was heartless and it was brainless. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands of families will be ripped apart. Meanwhile, what's happening to families at the border is horrific. This is a moral and humanitarian crisis. 
That's the Democrats' law. We can change it tonight. We can change You're it right president. now. I will leave right here. Now. No, no. They're telling us that the single most grave threat to America is a bunch of like poor, impoverished, broke, hungry refugees a thousand miles away. They're even using our brave troops, sending them down as a political stunt. The Department of Now, how did that change? You heard Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Chuck Schumer, Hillary Clinton talk about the need to stop when they stop immigration and stop illegal immigrants to come from coming in. Why was that not heartless then? And now, since they're the opposition party, it's suddenly bad. Now, I have a feeling it would go the other way. I thought, I think some of the things that were probably said by the Democrats back then would probably be, you probably go back and listen to other words. Politics are destroying this country. Now, I want to look back. President Obama, you saw President Obama, he said, we simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked. I strongly believe that we should take on, once and for all, the issue of illegal immigration. Hillary Clinton, and that was 2005. 2015, Hillary Clinton said, I voted when I was senator, to build a barrier to try and prevent illegal immigrants from coming in. 2006. In 2006, Congress passed the Secure Fence Act. It was called the Secure Fence Act. And the Secure Fence Act was designed to construct a multi-layer pedestrian fencing along 600 miles of the U.S.-Mexican border. It passed by a big majority, bipartisan majority. Some of those who voted for that, Chuck Schumer, Dick Durbin, um, go on and on with, with everybody who was in the House, including Elizabeth Warren, Harry Reid, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, who was then senator. They all passed this. They voted in 2006 to construct a multi-layer fence over 600 miles of the U.S.-Mexican border. Again, in 2015, 2015, they voted again. I'm sorry, 2013, they voted again on the same bill, the Border Security 
Economic Opportunity and Immigration Modernization Act. The this bill in 2013, which was under President Obama during the time of Senator Hillary Clinton, all the Democrats voted for this. Chuck Schumer, Dianne Feinstein, they all voted. And in this bill, it contained 700 miles of fencing and technology across the U.S.-Mexican border. They all voted for it in 2013. This bill would have spent, would have devoted $40 billion to border security and enforcement. $40 billion. And they voted for it. And yet today, today it's immoral to spend $5 billion on 700 miles of barrier. Does anybody see this? The duplicity in this whole thing? Everybody who is condemning the wall, so to speak, the barrier, voted for a similar barrier twice. Twice. President Obama as as senator, Hillary Clinton as senator, Chuck Schumer, and on and on and on. Now, today, it's immoral. And they were going to spend $40 billion. President, Obama, President uh, Trump is asking for $5 billion to build the wall. President Schumer said, the border surge is breathtaking in its size and scope. This deal will deploy an unprecedented number of boots. This was 2013. Boots on the ground and drones in the air. It would double the size of the Border Patrol agency its current level to over 40,000. It will finish the job of completing the fence along the entire 700-mile stretch of the southwest border, and it will enumerate on a sector-by-sector basis lists of cutting-edge tools and equipment. This is Chuck Schumer talking in 2013. The border surge plan, he said this, calls for a breathtaking show of force. Breathtaking show of force that will discourage future waves of illegal immigration. Come on. Be honest. Now, this is funny. CNN did a fact check on on President Trump, and they, they tweeted a fact check, and then they actually had to take it down. When President Trump spoke the other night, he said, uh, the president, it says, one in three women were sexually assaulted while traveling to cross the border. That's what President Trump said. So CNN fact-checked that. And they actually posted this. And they said, claim, the president claimed one in three women have been sexually assaulted traveling to the border. Fact-check. 
Between 60 and 80% of female migrants traveling through Mexico are raped along the way. Amnesty International. And then they realized, oops, that's actually better than one in three. And they took it down. They took it down. In another story, this came up. CNN actually went, when they were, when they were broadcasting from the border, a San Diego TV station said CNN content, a San Diego television station on Thursday said that CNN had asked for a local view and then declined to hear from us after past reports from the station showed that a border wall was effective. They actually went to local stations in San Diego and said, we want to get a local perspective. And then when they found out the local perspective said, we called several local stations to book someone for the show. That's what they said. But the station said, Thursday morning, CNN called KUSI Newsroom asking if one of our reporters could give them a local view of the debate surrounding the border wall. A report from KSU, an independent station that began airing in, in 1982, begins, KSU offered our own Dan Planty, who was reported dozens of times the border, including one story from 2016 that was tweeted by former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. We believe CNN declined a report from us because we informed them that most Border Patrol agents we have spoken to told us the barrier does, in fact, work. So then CNN said, oh, we don't need you. We don't need a local perspective. Because it goes against what we've talked about. All right. We'll continue this right after this. Stay tuned. Sit back and enjoy The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480 WHBC. Back in 2014, the headlines and stories uh, referring to all this were a little bit different. The Washington Post in 2014 wrote that the White House requests $3.7 $3.7 billion in emergency funds for the border crisis. They said, how thousands of children are creating a crisis in America. It described the program, the problem, in epic proportions. That was the Washington Post. The Huffington Post in 2014 wrote, Wait a minute. Hold on a second, folks. Okay, I'm back. I pulled my headset. (laughs) I could have kept talking, but I didn't want to. In 2014, the Huffington Post wrote, photos of a humanitarian crisis along the southern border were shocking. $3.7 billion to cope with the humanitarian crisis on the border and spike in illegal crossings by unoccupied miners from Central America. The ABC News story, Obama plans $3.7 billion immigration crisis funds. Creating a crisis. It was a crisis then. It was a crisis. Now, Uh, Nancy Pelosi, 
argued this week that walls are moral, even though she voted. Well, I got to give credit to Nancy. She did not vote for the bill in 2006 and 2013. At least she stuck to her guns. I, I respect that. But Schumer and everybody else who's bad-mouthing the barrier now all voted for the same barrier years ago. All said we have to stem the tide. But they voted. Pelosi and Schumer approved funding just this year, 10 months ago, for a 287-mile-long border wall, where? In Jordan. In Jordan. The 2018 omnibus bill provides just enough funds for 33 miles of fencing on the Texas border, but it provided $500 million to help Jordan build a 287-mile border wall and defense line against jihad terrorists trying to cross its border with Iraq and Syria. Really? $500 million to help Jordan build a wall? And enough for 33 miles of our border. At least be honest with us. Tell us how you felt before. Why did you vote for it before? But our media is completely ignoring it. Completely ignoring how they felt. No one is asking the questions. No one is saying, well, didn't you vote for this barrier? Didn't you vote for it before? Didn't you say that we have to do something about this? In 2006 and 2013, and now all of a sudden it's a moral. It's a lie. It's politics. It's a lie. Let's go to Tom. Tom, what's up? Morning, Joe. Thanks Morning. For ta- thanks for taking my call. Um, if you notice, none of this money was ever spent for any kind of barrier. No, I agree. This was all fodder for their constituents, their base. If they're going to do this, then we'll vote for them. But they never did anything, and they still got the vote. Well, that's both parties. Well, yeah. But the- once you understand what the Democratic Party's end game is, and I'm going to call them the Socialist slash Communist Party, once you understand what their end game is, then you understand everything that's going on. Well, and and I would I I would agree with that to a certain extent, Tom. Is is that both parties are complicit in this? I th- I I truly believe, and I've said this many times, that their the goal of the entrenched bureaucracy in Washington D.C. Their only goal is to keep us jumping from one foot to the other. Wondering who, you know, putting rhetoric out there, fighting amongst each other, and then behind closed doors laughing together and saying, we've just fooled them again. And that's been going on for decades. Thank you. And I agree with that. But, but where is the media and where are all the reporters? Why aren't they pulling up these interviews? Because why aren't they putting up, pulling up your votes? 
because there are no more journalists. They're just commentators, narrators. Um, it's bought and paid for now, the yeah. major networks. We don't have news anymore. We just have narrating of whatever the agenda is for the day. But when you go, when you're CNN and you go to, um, when you go to uh, the local place, the local radio station say, we want your presence in this, and then the local station said, we think barriers work. Everybody we've talked to thinks it's work, and they say, we don't need you. It's not the narrative. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't fit in with the agenda. That's, that's censorship. What I said. Well, it, it, they, that's part of what the end game is, Joe, is to get rid of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Yeah, yeah. If we allow the Democrats to carry the Senate and the presidency within ten, within eight to, to uh, twelve years, if they hold that presidency for that long, the Constitution will be destroyed. Well, that's interesting. That's, that's their end game. Why do you think they fight so hard against Trump? Because Trump wasn't factored in. Hillary was. I know. And that's true. And I agree and, with that. I do agree with not, that. They're not listening to the people. We hire them. I, and I heard you say you got to give kudos to Nancy Pelosi and give her respect. That woman deserves no respect. Well, but I have to give her respect on the, from the grounds that she is the least. If she is misguided, that's one thing. But she has stayed the course as far as what she has said. And well, that's part of it. Well, but she's but part she of the end game. I, I, Tom, and, and you go over and you were saying about it. They were saying all these things about the border. You know, well, it's you know it's dangerous, and we got to stop this. But that that was just fodder. I know. You didn't I mean that. I agree. Hey, I got to go. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Tom. All right, we got to take a break, right? Yeah. I'll talk to you on the other side.